When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Big West, and you're listening to the 1865 Forest Ramble. You read... Hi there, and welcome to an 1865 Forest Ramble special. Uh, we are still digesting the news of the departure of Sabri Lamushi and the appointment of Chris Hewton. And uh, obviously, one of the things that people have been saying is that Hewton's got quite a conservative style of play. Is he the right man for the job? Will he be able to cope with managing a club like Forest, which frankly seems like a bit of a hot mess at the moment? So to discuss those issues and more, I'm really delighted to be joined by Brighton fan Rick Loosemore. How are you doing, Rick? I'm very well, thank you. Great to be um, here. Yeah, glad to have you. And um, just for the benefit of our listeners, um, I think it's worth saying that uh, obviously you and I have known each other for a little while because as well as being a Brighton fan, you've lived in Nottingham for several years. So you're well acquainted with the football culture of Nottingham. And now you're living up in Newcastle. So, uh, so really, you, you're basically, you're basically an encyclopedia on Chris Hewton, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I haven't lived in Birmingham, and uh, that's about it. And Norwich, but they don't like him there anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Well, okay. So if we think about Chris Hewton, um, I say he's got this impression as being, you know, somebody who's very polite, very professional but also that his team's playing a bit of a, a bit of a dour way. Is that doing him a disservice? I think it would be, particularly if you're talking about the championship, I think that's the disservice. Um, you would, he, I think his coaching style is very focused on the defensive. Um, there were lots of reports that came out that they didn't really ever coach for attacking. Um, they, they coached, you know, your flat back four and, um, keeping the good line and, and very, very defensive. But then that, what that meant was not that, that he was like, well, then don't attack, but rather a, a sense of entrusting um, attack to the attackers. Um, now, you know, your listeners might know that we now have Graham Potter as a manager and um, we're shipping goals, it has to be said, but um, we're also 
uh, fluid in attack because they they drill those sort of triangles and that kind of thing, which which Chris never did, which I think um, is very very effective or was very effective in the championship because uh, was it two points a game is is promotion form I think and uh, one point a game is relegation form or something. It's tied down there, isn't it? But um, uh, so yeah, you you do need to to keep your back door closed, but it does mean that you need uh, players who can take the reins and, and uh, I've seen today that you guys are, are rumoured to be in for a knockout and he was a, a massive player for us and um, he was a bit of an odd fit at Leicester where we got him from he, he doesn't seem like he's really pulled up trees at Fulham either I think he just needs he's probably a confidence player and needs a manager that then says right go and do what you do now that can be frustrating because you sometimes get you know uh, he's, a, he's an inside out winger you know one that will cut in and shoot and we play with that quite a lot and so sometimes it's frustrating because you're like, look, someone's made a run. Why not put him through? Um, but uh, but but for the times where it did work, you, you wind up the boy and let him fly. And it did really well. And in the Premier League then, we, we you know, same sort of mentality was happening. Um, uh, but then the problem is you then need a step up in uh, attacking quality because, uh, you, you know, you're no, you're no longer playing Luton. You're now playing Liverpool. And, uh, you know, we, we got a few results off of uh, United. Um, that's Man United, I should say that. Living in Newcastle now, I have to be very clear about that. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, we got some good results. Um, but it, it does mean you need to make signings of a, of a higher level. And uh, we, we got that, actually, in uh, Jose Isquierdo. He, um, uh, he came in and he was, again, inside out, but coming in from the left, shooting on his right. Lots of pace, lots of attacking. Did one over on West Ham several times, but then he got injured and is only now coming back maybe 18 months, two years later. And that, I think, is one of the reasons that, that Chris then really struggled because he didn't have that lower league, lower league, Premier League quality to really go after it. Knockout did OK, but, you know, his, his limitations started to show. And so and you would ask uh, Norwich fans, they would say he's very negative. But again, I think the, the, the forward signings weren't there for him to get. But then maybe you could point the finger and say, well, he should just learn to coach strikers better. I don't know. When you say entrusting attack to the attackers, I think that's a really interesting way of putting it. So you've talked about knockout there. And obviously at Forest, we've already got our own inside out right winger in Joe Lolly, who he can play perfectly well on the left, but he has really been at his best when he's been on the right wing, giving the ball at his feet, let him run at people. And knockout is... Similar in terms of the way he operates, although his style is slightly different, I guess. Um, now, obviously, Joe Lolly's been struggling with injury for the last few months and, and it's going to be a long road back. He's got shin splints, so we'll need to manage him. So that suggests to me that there's some good good logic in, in getting Knockout into the club. We've also got Sami Amiobi and we've also got Alex Mighton, who um, you may not have heard of up uh, where you are now, Rick, but he's a, he's a young kid. He's fast. He's quick. He is nominally a forward, but actually I think at first team level because of his size um, and his low centre of gravity, I think he will do well as a winger. Mm. Um, and then in the centre forward positions, we've got Lewis Graben and Lyle Taylor, who are both really good at championship level. So does that suggest to, to you then that actually, you know what, if Hewton can get the team more solid, that there is some hope there for Forrest under Hewton's stewardship? I think there's a lot of hope. I think that, to be honest, Forrest's biggest problem with Hewton is not Hewton, but Forrest. 
um because yeah tell me about it (laughs) i've got you know i've got a lot of time for the club and uh even though where i live they were all county fans uh notts county that is you know no we're not talking about you don't you don't have to you don't have to say that on this podcast (laughs) but um you know, we've got a lot of love, uh, lot of love for, for Forrest. Um, and it just maddens me then that they don't give managers time. And, you know, was it 11 years, 15 managers, something crazy like that? But, um, and and Chris, I don't think he'll get you promoted this year. Um, as much as I think the squad is looking quite good, I think um, he's someone that, that that takes a little bit of time to build a foundation um, and bring in the players that will, you know, respond to the way he wants to do things. We didn't pull up trees in his first year, but we were solid. Um, and then the following year we were um, competing, and the following year we were promoted. So I think um, I think time will be really crucial. I think Lewis Graben is an interesting um, one because uh, we we actually looked at signing him uh, when he was at Bournemouth. I think it was too much money, and then you know didn't pull up trees at Bournemouth, and so. We ended up with Glenn Murray and he was great. Um, who I bet is now gutted that he's gone to uh, sit on on the bench behind Troy Deeney when, uh, you know, Hutton might have come in for him. Who knows? Um, yeah, but I think Graben for me, he's always been someone who he's, he's a bit sort of um, whiz-bang, isn't he? He's, he's all pace and, and hits on the turn and things like that. He doesn't, he doesn't necessarily, I don't know, have the the guile or the, I mean, it's hard to compare to Glenn Murray because the man's so old that, uh, that he's got all the experience in the world. And again, to, to have someone like that, who's then telling your wingers and, and your, your, your midfielders where to put the ball and that kind of thing is really helpful. Yeah, what I've think, seen with Graben, I don't think he has that. Yeah. I think, I think Graben is more of a number 10 type of striker in the sense of, yeah, um, yeah we don't, Lyle Taylor could potentially be a number nine. I think, um, that begs the question then, do you see Hewton being the kind of manager who might occasionally play two up top? Um, he played two up top, uh, two up top exclusively in the uh, championship, 4-4-2 every single week. And, you know, again, people could complain at rigidity, but you get promoted if you know what you're doing. So I don't think it's too bad a, an idea. Um, but then again, Premier League, we always, always played 4-4-1-1. And, um, you know, that expectation, I think, of... Are you pushing or are you trying to stay up? And uh, I think the the system respected that. I would be surprised if he deviated from that because from what I know of uh, Newcastle, Norwich, Birmingham, that was very much the system as well, mm-hmm. even though you have the inside-out wingers. Yeah, and yeah, so it is quite kind of unusual to play inverted wingers when you've got two centre-forwards. But equally, like you say, we, we haven't got that Glenn Murray-type player, so maybe there's some logic to that when you've got Graben and Taylor, who do rely upon, um, you know, getting the ball to feet, spinning, turning, working their defenders in in a way that 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 sort of the your big Glenn Murray's do it in a very much more blood and thunder kind of way. Hi Stephen, you love a bit of merch, don't you? Yes, I do. What have you got in mind? Well, Flatback 4 have been in touch and they've got a great range of forest-inspired clothing and they've asked us to let you, the listeners, know about it. Oh yes, I saw that they have a range of t-shirts, hoodies and jumpers as part of their Nottingham Forest range. They do. And as well as the forest-inspired range, they've got matchday gear like polo shirts and loungewear and they've got jackets and, and face masks and they've even got babies and kids wear. 
Where can I find them? Well, their website is flat-back-four, that's the number four, so flatback4.co.uk. But you can also search for Flatback4 on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Cool, I'm going to have a look now. Wait, it gets better, because if you mention 1865 at the checkout, then not only do you get some great merch with free UK shipping, but it also supports us at the 1865 Forest Ramble. Amazing. So I go to the Flatback 4 website, mention 1865 when I check out, and I can support the podcast at no extra cost to me. That's right. So visit flat-back-4.co.uk or look for Flatback 4 on social media. You mentioned about you'd be surprised if Hewton if is to get us up in one season. I mean, we're now in a 42-game season where Forrest is starting with zero points, um, where only Sheffield Wednesday really are in a worse position because they started on minus however many. Um, but on the other hand, Forrest have got a huge squad and they've bought a whole load of new players. And when it became clear that Sabri Lamushi's time was up, we were saying... You know, whoever the next manager is, is going to have a really, really strong championship level squad to work with. Do you think he's got the capability of doing that with someone else's players? Um, I think he's definitely got the capability and the championship, as you know, you literally don't know. And the the brilliant thing about that whole league is that anyone can be anyone and, you know, anyone gets a run in in form and they can be, uh, you know, pushing top two, let alone top six. And uh, and the opposite is true as well. You can easily find yourself right down the bottom. Um, so I wouldn't say I wouldn't say no. I I just it's just not my experience, and I don't think it was Newcastle. Actually, to be fair, Newcastle he bounced straight back up again, but he had been there at the, the back end of the relegation season. Um, and I think Norwich and Birmingham it took a little bit of time as well. So again, I'd be surprised, but I don't think it's I don't think it's impossible. I think I mean again, it, you, every football fan has seen this when. Um, a particular player, and I know you and I talked off air about uh, a Bong. You know, he was at Wigan before, I think, and it was somewhere nowhere. You know, League One, and then um, Hutton pulls him in for five hundred thousand. He's absolutely nothing, and then he's just the most solid player because maybe he responds to a you know a drilling like a, a Hutton will give him. And so then, if you have got players, and you know that's hopefully you get the best out of Bong who. Um, I didn't think it hasn't done very well for you. Well, it's but, very yeah. difficult to tell after, after you know, he had one of the worst debuts I've ever seen of any Forest player ever, but yeah. he's only had 60 minutes in a red shirt and he's not been yeah. seen since. You can't no. tell if he's a good player or not, just on, everyone can have a bad match. Yeah. And also, people age at different rates. You know, we go back to Glenn Murray again, he's going on 40 and he's still very good. And you get other people, get to 32 and give up. Mm. Um Gator might be one of those, but I do think then the the point stands that you know if there are players who really thrive under one manager, there are players then that aren't necessarily going to fit with the manager. And I, I think at this point it would be really hard to guess who uh, who responds to Hutton and, and who indeed he responds to too. Mm. That said, you mentioned it earlier; he's an absolute gentleman, and you know he'll be brilliant with everyone. Yeah, and. Um... And well, I mean, Sabri Lamushi was as well. And there's, there's issues there. We'll, we'll probably come back to in just a minute. Um, I mean, you mentioned that thing about players responding well to a particular manager. I mean, Anthony Knockhart won player of the season with Hewton uh, as his gaffer, didn't he? So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, honestly, if you can get him, I think he, he could do really well for you. Um, part of that is, uh, I don't know how much you know about this, um, Knockhart lost his dad. 
mm. um, in uh, well, it was maybe our second season with him or something like that, fairly early. And Hutton arranged for um, himself and uh, 10 of the senior players, Lewis Dunk, Matt Upson, uh, I don't think we had Glenn at the time, but that sort of calibre of player, all to go over to the funeral to support him. Mm. And I think that just um, it ingratiated, you know, uh, knock up to the fans, definitely, because we could see the rawness in the way he was playing and feeling. But also, I think his then devotion to, um, uh, maybe it's it's looking back with rose tinted glasses, but he does, certainly had a devotion to Hutton, but he also the men, he had the devotion to the rest of his team. And so when, you know, maybe he took a chance that he should have put someone through, you could see that he really, he wanted to support the team, maybe more than when he came in and he was, a, you know, I'm, I'm the main event kind of player. Well, hot on sleeve kind of player, but also, I mean, I think it's it's a mark of Chris Hutton as a man, isn't it, that he, yes. he did that. So um, let's um, just one other thing you mentioned about style of play. Um, Forrest have invested a lot in um, solid defensive midfielders. And I saw um, there was a retrospective piece by Hutton where he's talking just after being released by Brighton. Uh, yeah. where he was saying that the way in which they played was influenced by the fact that um, you didn't really have a solid defensive midfielder. The nearest thing he had was Dale Stevens, and he's more of a ball player. Um, and Forrest have those solid defensive midfielders and they've got some box-to-box players, the most prominent one being Harry Arter at the moment. Um, mm. Can he work with those, do you think? With defensive midfielders? Yeah, and yeah I think it's... Yeah, I, I mean, it might then um, shift what he wants to do because our, our fullbacks at the time, oh, no, that's not true. One side, Gatenbong, he was scared if he reached the halfway line. The other side, Bruno, was a little bit more attacking. But generally, we played quite defensively across the back four. So maybe then you've got an opportunity to release uh, your fullbacks if the, if the defensive midfield cover is there. Um, interesting that he, I, I hadn't read that about Hutton um, saying that he thought Dale Stevens was um, a ball player. He is a ball player. But he's also, um, he's moved to Burnley now, but uh, he's one of the, you always have um, players at each club where they're doing a great job, but everyone needs a scapegoat. And Stevens became that because he would always pass sideways. And I always thought he had a touch of the Phil Nevels in defence. But uh, he, uh, he, he was not very, he was not very attacking. And so it's interesting to see him described as a ball player because um, I'm not sure I'd agree to that. But then maybe that was the way Hutton coached him so long in like, please play in that, that number four, that whole position. Mm. And um, just, I guess, finally, um, obviously you are living up in Newcastle at the moment. So you've, uh, you've, you've made friends with lots of Newcastle fans. And generally the impression that we've got is that Newcastle fans think very, very fondly of Chris Hutton. And partly because, you know, Newcastle United for 15 years now have been a total mess of of a club and Hewton came in he was the manager not just the head coach he Mm. took charge of affairs he protected his players from all the mess that was going on around and really that's what Forrest need at the moment and and in the end it looks as though that was part of Sabri Lamushi's undoing is that as much as he was a gentleman as much as he wanted to protect his players it looks as though it all got under his skin too much um, do you think that Hutton can handle that in the way that you know if Forrest are trying to run the club in a in an in a in an odd way in a unconventional <laughs> way? And Hutton, do you, has he got the ability to basically say, right, you do what you got to do. I'm going to look after the football side of things and get on with it. 
He certainly has. He can definitely get on with it. And again, it comes back to whether they allow it to, because the Newcastle example is a really good one. I think Totoy was there for two and a bit seasons, because it was just right at the end of the relegation season. They were down and up in one year. Um, and uh, what did he even see out that season? I forget now, but but he'd got them to a silly position. They were eighth, seventh, something like that. Really, really good. And then he got sacked because he wasn't flair enough, because he was a man that was just getting on with the job. And um, uh, yeah, and that, and so he's, he got on with the job. He ignored the drama, but then the drama caught up with him because they said, right, we want someone a bit more exciting. And to be fair, that's kind of what Brighton have done as well. Um, I don't know that it's quite the same because we um, uh, because we weren't doing brilliantly. We we only just survived last uh, season before last rather, and there was um, we were playing more negative football. That was then shipping goals. And negative football is fine if it keeps you up. Negative football is not good if it's leaking goals and because then you haven't got attack or defence. So I think it probably was fair time to go, um, uh, but um, but I think uh, uh, but, but the fact that we have progressed then both in position and playing style is a testament that that was a good decision. Newcastle after sacking Hutton regressed and then became a relegation candidate and indeed got relegated not too long after again. So I think there's there, there's a real sense of um, both with Brighton and Newcastle fans, uh, that he was let go too soon. Um, but with Newcastle, it was compounded by the fact that they then did worse. Whereas for us, it's like, it was a bit of a shame that he didn't get to say goodbye to the fans. It's a bit of a shame that happened out of the season. But actually, we can see that under Potter, we're making progress. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. So, and of course, ultimately, results are king. And um, that's that, especially when you're trying to get promoted. You know, it's all very well, you know, plodding along nicely if you're in the Premier League. But uh, Forrest has been in the Championship, for, well, and below for 21 years now. So uh, yeah. we hope that that, well, it's that key word, isn't it? Stability. And that's what Forrest have been craving for most of those 21 years. Uh, Rick Lusmore, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your insight. Uh, good luck to Brighton for the rest of the season. And uh, to uh, you listeners, thank you for joining us. And we will be back with more match reports. And we wish good luck to Chris Hutton as the new Forest manager. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.